We're going to be looking today at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 20. The thrust of our lesson today really hinges on the question, are you making right choices in life? I want you to think about that for a minute. Are you making right choices in life? If you're not making choices that are acceptable to God, then you're not making right choices in life. What I want to do is encourage you. Really, I want to encourage all of us to make sure that every decision that we make is the right decision, the right choice. And the only way that we can make right choices in life is to make sure that we follow God's Word. If we'll stay close to God's Word, then God will bless us. If we choose to ignore His Word and live in disobedience to His will, then there will be many, many consequences that come our way. I want to begin today by first of all talking about the commandment binding the children of Israel. Because really we're talking about the children of Israel, but when we look to the Old Testament, we need to remember the words of Paul when he said that those things that were written before time were written for our learning. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, we can learn a lot from reading and studying the Old Testament scriptures. And so as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and we think about the commandments that were binding these people, there are a couple of things that I want to share with you along these lines. Of course, here we have God speaking to the children of Israel. Moses, of course, the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel, would soon depart this life. Death was imminent. And whether we like it or not, one day our time will be up here. One day we'll all leave this earth. And so we need to make preparation for that. But as you look at verse 11, the first thing that I want you to consider as we think about the commandment binding or the commandments binding them, consider if you would that God's word was not distant. Listen, if you would, to what is recorded. For this commandment, which I command you today, it is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. We don't have to send somebody to heaven to get the word of God. Why? Because we have it today, don't we? We have it in the form of Scripture. Peter said that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that we need, God has given unto us in His holy and inspired Word. In verse 13 he said, Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? So here you have a statement made. We don't have to send somebody across the sea 
to retrieve the word of God, bring it back so that we can hear it and understand it? Because Moses here is saying, you've got it. Today, we would say we have the word of God. We have every single passage of scripture relative to living a life of godliness in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 14. In verse 14, he said, but the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Now you remember back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God had instructed the children of Israel to teach their children diligently to observe his will. God mandated that Israelite parents teach their sons and daughters about him. The same is true today. Paul said that we are to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 6 at verse 4. So we talk about God's word is not distant, nor is it difficult. Listen to what he says. He said, the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. Now back up and look at verse 10, if you would. In verse 10, Moses said, If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. Now I think about in the days of the children of Israel, they had God's word accessible unto them. As a matter of fact, unto them had been committed the oracles of God, according to Romans chapter 3 at verse 2. One of the things that God had done for the children of Israel, he gave them a law, and that law bound them to him. It was a conditional law, of course. They had to willingly live in compliance with that law. In Deuteronomy, well, actually in Exodus chapter 19, God had told Moses all that he had done for them, reminding them of his great blessings and providence and protection. He said, I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. And he said, if you will hear my voice or obey my voice and keep my commands, you'll be unto me a peculiar treasure above all people. And the response by the children of Israel in the long ago, all that the Lord has said, we will do. I want you to think about this for a minute. We talk about the commandments that were binding them. And the fact that God's word was not distant, nor was it difficult. The issue today, when it comes to God's Word, is not whether or not we can understand it. The question is, will we obey it? Are we willing to live in conformity to the will of Almighty God? You ever thought about the premium that God has placed on obeying His will? The children of Israel, a classic example. The people who at one time would live in conformity to His will, and then, on another occasion, they would discard the will of God and go back and live as they pleased. And that was a cycle, a repetitive cycle, throughout the history of the Israelite nation. I think about people today, just like the children of Israel. They had the will of God. They had the commands of God. It wasn't whether or not they could understand it. The issue was, were they willing to obey it? Look at people in our world today. Think about how many families in America today have access to the Word of God. I would imagine that just about every household has at least one copy of Scripture. Certainly years ago, I don't think that 
it would be out of line to say that just about every family in America would have had at least one copy of Scripture. So we have access to God's Word. We can understand God's Word. The question is, are we willing to do it? Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, John, in laying aside the pen of inspiration, the last book, the last chapter of the New Testament, John said, blessed are those that do his commandments. Again, God placing a premium on doing his will. So there were commandments binding them. But then, in the second place, I want you to consider the choices before them. Listen now to what is said in verse 15. God through Moses said, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Let me ask you today, what will you choose? God was putting before the children of Israel a question. God was saying to them, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. What path have you chosen? What path are you on today? Is it a path of life and good or a path of death and evil? Think for a minute about choosing the correct way. That is, the right path. God said, I put before you life and good. What did Jesus say in John chapter 10, verse 10? The Lord said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to say today, the greatest life known to man is the Christian life. There's not a better life. If you want to be blessed and you want to enjoy life at its fullest, then you need to live for God. If you think you can find happiness and satisfaction and contentment in the world, you are sadly mistaken. There have been a lot of folks in the world in days gone by, that, that's what they thought that they could find happiness and fulfillment in their bank accounts, in their land, in their possessions, in fame, in fortune, and all of those things. And guess what? Many of those people miserable, discontent, unsatisfied. So you need to make the correct choice in this life. The correct choice, of course, would be to initially obey the gospel of Christ. Why do you need to obey the gospel? Because life is in Christ. You can't be saved outside of Christ. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, that salvation is in Christ Jesus. And we get into Christ by believing that He is the divine Son of God, John 8, 24. Repenting of every sin, Acts 2, 38. Confessing the name of Christ, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and being immersed in a watery grave of baptism, Acts chapter 22, verse 16. 
It's in that sphere that we enjoy every spiritual blessing known to man. Now you think about being in Christ. You enjoy the forgiveness of your sins. That is, you have pardon. You have, as Paul would say, peace with God according to Romans chapter 5. You have the privilege of prayer in your life. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 12. You have the presence of God. To know that God is at your side, come what may. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. So you have all these great blessings and then you top it off with the promise of life eternal. Paul said we live in hope of life eternal which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Titus 1, 2. So when you choose the right way, the correct way, when you choose life, you're choosing the good life. Listen again to what Moses said. I have said before you today, life and good. Think about your life. Do you want, you want to enjoy good things in life? All of us want to enjoy good things, don't we? Think about all the blessings that you have materially and physically, emotionally. And then cap that off with all the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ. You're living a good life. The flip side is, if you're outside of Christ, you might enjoy a lot of material blessings and physical blessings, but there's something lacking. That which is lacking, spiritual blessings. Do you remember Solomon? Solomon had the opportunity to try everything, to experience so many things in life. And you can go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon had everything at his fingertips. And Solomon said, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. That is, you want to live a, a complete life, a good life, you better put God in your life. If you don't have God in your life, there's something missing. And that something that is missing is not going to be filled. That void will not be filled with anything this world has to offer. I promise you that. There's not one thing materially that will ever fill that void. Physically, there is not one thing that will ever satisfy your soul. The only thing that can do that is God Almighty. So, you got to make correct choices. We've got a lot of young folks here. We've got some of our young folks that are going away to school. And when you get to be my age, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Those of us that have grown older, it, it's hard to change, isn't it? And there are a lot of you out here today that whatever I say, it may or may not sink in. And you may choose to do it or you may ignore it. But our young people, they can learn and they can implement the Word of God. And as I think about our young folks going away to school and I think about our young folks in, in middle school and high school and even below that, I'd encourage you to make wise choices in life. Make the right choices in life. Think about the kind of person you want to spend your life with and marry a Christian. Don't marry an unbeliever because if you do, you're just going to have trouble. It's going to be difficult. I'm not saying you can't make it, but it's going to be tough. You talk about making right choices. 
Stay away from drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and all those things that will destroy your life. The world says that's what you need, and God says you don't need that. You need to think about the choices you're going to be making because you're going to be on your own one day. And your mom and daddy are not going to be able to come behind you and make decisions for you. And so you need to make sure that you make the right choices, the correct choices in life. The flip side of that, there are corrupt choices that can be made. Listen, if you would, to what Moses said. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, or rather look at verse 15 before we read verse 16. I've said before you today, life and good, death and evil. The corrupt life, the corrupt choices, death and evil. I mentioned a moment ago the children of Israel. You look at their history. You turn over to the book of Judges in Judges chapter 2. God's people were faithful during the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him. But then the record says there arose another generation after them that knew not the Lord nor yet the great works which he had done in Israel. And the Bible says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. They made corrupt choices, didn't they? They began serving pagan deities and engaging in immoral and vile behavior. And as a result of that, they paid a terrible price. Moses here is saying, you better not choose the corrupt pathway in this life. Because here's what's before you. Evil and death. I mentioned a moment ago our young folks making correct choices. I said stay away from alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and all those things, premarital sex, and all the things that will bring you down and destroy you. The world says you need to do this, and God says no, you don't need to do this. I want you to turn with me very quickly I want to read this passage of Scripture together. And if you don't have it underlined in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline it. And remember it. Look at the book of Hosea, chapter 14, in verse 9. Hosea, chapter 14, verse 9. I want to give you time to turn to this passage because I think it's important that we read it together. I want you to hear what God, through the prophet Hosea, is saying to his children. Look at verse 9. We're talking about making right choices in this life. You can make correct choices. You can make corrupt choices. The bottom line is you're the one that has to make those choices. In Hosea chapter 14, verse 9, listen to the question that is posed. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? That is, who is wise? Let him know them. I want you to listen to what Hosea said. For the ways of the Lord are what? Right. Listen again to what he said. The ways of the Lord are right. To our young people, I would say, you're going to be in school, and you're going to hear a lot of things that are not right. You're going to hear educators so-called educators telling you that evolution is fact. It's not a fact, it's false to the core. 
How do I know that? Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew writer said, every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Design demands a designer. We understand that. So when you hear somebody tell you that, you can just mark it down, it's false. It's not a fact. Let them prove it. They can't prove it. They never have proven it. They never will prove it. The ways of the Lord are right. In Bible class this morning, Billy mentioned the verdict of the Supreme Court regarding same-sex marriage and how it now applies to all 50 states. I want you to listen to something very carefully. The Bible defines marriage between a man and a woman. You remember Matthew chapter 19? The religious leaders wanted to know, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Jesus then asked this question, have you not read? I'd ask the Supreme Court, have you not read that in the beginning God made them male and female? For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. In verse 6, he said, What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Listen to me very carefully. What God has said about the home is right. I don't care what anybody else says, it's right. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, as human beings, we have the right to do whatever we want. If you want to go and marry somebody of the same sex, you have that right. You have that prerogative. I can't stop you. Your folks can't stop you. You can do that. But you need to understand, God's ways are right. You might have a piece of paper that says you're married to somebody of the same sex, but in the eyes of God, you are not married. You will never be married in the eyes of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 3, in verse 4, Let God be true, and every man a liar. Here's the bold facts of the matter. What God has said, it's true. We may not like it. And you look at the dismantling of our country today, and many of the problems that we have reflected in the behavior of the children of Israel in days gone by. And that is an abdication of the will of Almighty God. Listen to what Hosea said. The ways of the Lord are right. Now note what he says. We talk about choosing the correct path. The righteous walk in them. You want to do what's right? Then walk according to the will of God. Walk in the commands of God. If you do that, He'll bless you. But now note, but transgressors stumble in them. There's some folks, they're not going to walk the correct path. There's some folks out here in the world today, here's their, here's their mentality. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going, to do, I'm going to do whatever I want, when I want to do it, where I want to do it, and nobody can stop me. Well, that's true, you can. But you need to understand, you're going to pay a heavy price for it. Because you see, Moses said, here's what lies before you, evil and death. And here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin, oh, it's death. 
There is no future in a life of sin. Now, I mentioned the children of Israel. Just drop back a couple of chapters. Look at Hosea chapter 4, if you would. And listen very quickly to what Hosea said regarding the children of Israel and see if this doesn't mirror in many respects our culture today. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. The Lord brings a charge, an indictment against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. Now you could ask the question, how could that be? These people had, they had been blessed with the will of God. God had given unto them His word. But as Hosea would say over in chapter 8, verse 12, I have committed unto them the great things of my law, and they were counted as a strange thing. You tell somebody in our culture today that's pro-same-sex marriage, you know what? The Bible says it's between a man and a woman. They say, that, that sure is strange to me. You know why it's strange? Never read the Word of God. Listen to verse 2. By swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery, he said they break all restraint. Here's the bottom line. When people say no to the will of God, to the word of God, mayhem ensues. As a nation, we think we're so great. And we think that we've been blessed beyond measure. And we have, and God has blessed us greatly. We're not a theocracy. We are, we are a republic, a democracy. But we need to understand that God has blessed this country, but God could just as easily remove His providential care and safeguarding of this nation, and where would we be? Well, think about that. You see, we've removed God from our schools. We've removed Him from government. He no longer has a place in our court system. So yeah, we're smart. We're educated. We've got all these things. And yet, just like the people of Hosea's day, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let me tell you why we have an abundance of killing and stealing and committing adultery and people lying and engaging in all kinds of of evil activities, it's because they've said no to the Word of God. That's it. Very quickly, turn over to chapter 8. In chapter 8, verse 7, Hosea said, They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Do you think God is just going to let you live as you please and there not be any consequences to that? Do you think that we can just... Live as we please and not suffer some type of consequences to our actions. Here's the bottom line. For every action, there is a corresponding reaction. Paul said it this way. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Go back with me very quickly to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Our time's almost gone. I want to talk just very quickly in the third place about the consequences that would befall them. And here's what we need to think about. Number one, there are immediate consequences to our choices, and then there are inevitable consequences to our choices. Listen now to what Moses said again in verse 15. 
I've said before you today, life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, that you may live and multiply. The Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. God graciously gave the children of Israel the land of promise. You know what happened? They lived in disobedience and he took it away from them. That land no longer belongs to them. That land will never belong to them. Why? Because they were defiant to the will of Almighty God. Listen again to what Moses said. You go and worship other gods and serve them. He said, I announce to you today, you shall surely perish. Ever thought about that? You make bad choices in this life. Now, if you go back in time, Moses through God is saying to the children of Israel, listen to me very carefully. You make the wrong decisions in this life and you will perish. You want that for your life? You want, do you want death and evil to be a part of your life? Think about your children and your grandchildren. You want them to have that kind of future? Let me tell you what. You need to be making the right choices. You need to have your children in Bible study. You need to have them in worship. And some of you, let me just be very honest, some of you don't have them here like they ought to be. You're going to regret it one day. I promise you, you will regret it. They need to be here. We talk about planning for the future. You need to plan wisely for the future. You need to make sure that your children have every opportunity to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. And you need to build around them a group of friends that believe the Lord and live for the Lord on a daily basis. And you can only find that in the Lord's church. It's not out here in the world. You need to understand the church is an ally. It's your friend. Fellowship ought to be something that is important to us. And we talk about immediate consequences. There are a lot of problems people suffer today because they've made poor decisions in life. And they're suffering immeasurably today because they have made foolish decisions. Their bodies are impaired. Their minds are impaired. They can't see good. They can't hear. They've lost their money. They've lost their bank accounts because they made foolish decisions going down to a casino and throwing your money away. Those people that own a casino, what do you think they're in that business for? Let me tell you what they're in that business for. They are in that business to take your money. I hear their commercials, and they tell you about how much they pay out, baloney. You believe that? If you believe that, then have I got a deal for you. Let me tell you what, they are in the business of cleaning you out. You go to the casino with a full pocket of money and their job is to take that billfold and empty it out. If you go to a casino and you spend your money there, you're in a heap of trouble. They're business people. 
And their, their business is to get your money. You need to understand that. So you make foolish decisions now and you can pay for them now. What about inevitable consequences? I want you to listen to what he said. You make the right kind of, the right kind of decisions, it's going to bless you, it's going to bless your descendants. Listen to what, listen to what Moses said. I announce, you to, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him for he is your life, the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord your God swear to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Here's what God through Moses is saying. You do what's right and you'll be blessed. Not only will you be blessed, but your descendants will be blessed. Why? Because you've made right choices. You make the wrong choices in life as a parent. And you say, you know what? We're going to stay home tonight. Or... We're not going to go to services this morning. We're not going to study the Bible in the home. We're not going to pray together. We're not going to focus on spiritual things. Let me tell you what, as a parent, you have that right. You can do that. But I want you to know, if you do that, you're going to pay a heavy price. You see, if you obey the will of God, it'll be a blessing to you and your descendant, your descendants. That is, your posterity, your children and grandchildren. You don't follow the will of God, you do what you want to do, you live like the world, you're going to pay a heavy price. And when your children get older, listen to me very carefully, please. When your children get older, and they won't come to the services of the church, they're not interested in spiritual things, they're not interested in living for God, I want you to know the Lord will hold you responsible for that. Because as a parent, you didn't do your job. You need to think about that. You need to understand that for every choice you make, it will impact the lives of others. You love your children? You love your grandchildren? I know you do. You better be making the right choices in life. The world is full of people that have made foolish choices. The world is full of people who today are making foolish, foolish choices. They're paying for it. I know, you, I know you love yourself, and I know that you love your children and your grandchildren. And all I'm saying to you is, you need to be making the right choices in life, because if you don't, there's a heavy price to pay. Our country today is reeling. Our country is upside down, and the reason is because we think we know better than God. God's ways are tried. They are true. They've been tested time and again. You just got to give God a try. What about you today? Are you a Christian? Maybe as a mom and a daddy, mom and a daddy or Grandparent, maybe you've not made the right choices in life.
And as a child of God, you understand something is amiss and you need to come home. We want to encourage you to come back to the Lord. It might be the case that you're here today and you're not a Christian. We want to encourage you to come to Christ. To do what they did on Pentecost Day, to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. The promise is that if you'll do that, God will put you in the church, Acts 2.47. And if you'll live faithfully, God will bestow on you the crown of life. Won't you come as we stand and sing?